a Shishkin Productions podcast. This sounds like the March Madness entry where the owner wants to insert himself in the commercial, but worse, even worse. I want to insert myself, but my dog. Exactly. What's up, Sizzlers? Welcome to yet another episode of the Sizzle Real Podcast. We're uh, we're coming at you from the new uh, little podcast studio. What up, Chris? You said last week might be the only time we ever record in here. Well, there was a really good now chance that this was going to be demolished by the time we recorded the next pod. But you know, we I'm, we really wanted to reach out to our listeners, get an extra one in. Yeah, I think that we're going to end up uh, not getting this demolished for another two weeks. I guarantee you, they're going to take forever to fucking do it. You think so? No offense to the uh, the beautiful management at. at uh, Fuck it, let's just give it away. <laughs> We're at the top. You've been giving out my address <laughs> giving for out your a address, year. Giving out our address, giving out all the addresses. But yeah, shout out to the management. They're pretty chill. They cleaned up a spill. Whoa, yeah. You're a fucking poet. Wow. Um, yeah, they cleaned up a spill we had today. Yeah. You know, the mics got, uh, got drenched. It was actually a pretty dangerous situation. There mm-hmm. was water on the floor next to electronics. Yeah, the neighboring plant shop, I think, watered their plants near the wall. And then all of the, I guess, water went under the wall. Why? No I don't know. No one knows. I, know. I mean, e- even even if you're watering your plants and, and some water gets out, it should be built in a way that the water doesn't go next door. That's very true. It should just puddle up. Um, Chris, before we get before we get too deep into this, uh, I know there's a lot of people who've been asking me. They've been like, yo, how do I call in and leave a voicemail? And I've been like, I got to ask Chris. He knows the number. 332-333-4361. That's a sizzle reel hotline. That is. And, it's, and if you leave him, it's actually, let's be honest, it's a cold line. It's a cold Literally, line. no one picks up. It just goes straight to voice. It does not even ring. But if you leave a message, we'll play it on the podcast. We, uh, You might hear messages just like this one. Congrats on the Sizzle Reel hotline. Very exciting. Can't wait for the next episode and hope you're having a fabulous Monday night. Look, I mean, I, you know, I, I'm very excited about it, but... I heard that a cat had also called into the hotline and like I, I got really excited that that's what was going to play. And then look, if anyone if just if just anyone can call into this hotline, maybe it's not so special. Like if an animal's calling into it like a cat from a few episodes ago. But I, I like to think that it is it is pretty special. It's a beautiful hotline. I, I, think I didn't think we'd ever have this. Like when we started episode one, I didn't think we'd have a hotline. You, th- line. you, you thought we'd have 100 episodes without a hotline. I thought we would go 100,000, 10,000 without a hotline. But Come here on. we are. We got the hotline. We, we have to outsource our work. Chris, um, speaking of outsourcing work, what have you been been up to this week? Uh, you know, mostly building a table. Mostly, or a desk. It's a standing desk. It's an L-shaped standing desk. You're moving on up to the new desk. I forgot about that. I am. I spent like a day and a half putting it together. It would have been all done in like two hours, but I realized I needed a drill. I didn't want to go home for it. You think you could ever go back to seated desk lifestyle? Or are you like too, like now that you've had a standing desk for a couple years, you're like, damn, I don't think there's any way I could ever edit sitting down all day ever again. It's really weird because I really like having the standing desk, but I never stand and edit. Like I literally never stand and edit. I am always sitting. I just like being able to move it up a little bit or down a little bit and adjust. And sometimes if I'm not actually editing and just like on the internet fucking around, yeah, I'll stand up. Why not? Stand up for a little bit. We're going to get to our special guest here in a minute. We do have a guest today and he looks like he's got some very strong thoughts on standing desks versus sitting desk. He's jumping around like waving his arms don't worry we'll get to you in a second but before we do that chris 
Um, you did build your new desk, and you haven't swapped it yet. You're still working at the old small desk. Mm-hmm. But um, to put it into perspective for the listeners, Chris is about to double, basically, his amount of desk real estate. Exactly. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to put on there? Trinkets? Succulents? Definitely plants. Some succulents. Maybe a cactus. I don't know. Trinkets. Yeah, I need to collect some trinkets. I have a little Donatello plushie, but I, I think he's gonna. He's on the window. He's going to stay there. I don't know. Guys, call in to crowdsource. Yeah, call in to 332-333-4361 and leave a message with what you think Chris needs to put on his desk. And you know what? If it's a really, really good message, maybe I'll print out that message and frame it and And put that on my desk. Put that on the desk. Well, how are you going to print it? Okay, I see. Yeah, it'll transcribe it. It'll transcribe it, print it. Yeah, okay. You could put an NFT of it on your (laughs) desk. Um, No, that'll be pretty cool. And then, you know, we'll take a picture of it and we'll put it on the Instagram. By the way... If you haven't checked out on Instagram, you'll see some uh, highlights from our Red Lobster trip. Oh, I just yeah. put those up this week or that, last week. So that's uh, so I think last we left off, we were about to leave for Red Lobster in a that's Mets right. game. So the Mets game did end up getting rained out. Got canceled. Uh, so we just had a, a fun time at the mall. We walked around the mall. We sampled bourbon chicken. Mm-hmm. We ate a bunch of those uh, pretzels with the hot dogs in them. Yeah, we went to two different pretzel places in the that's mall right. and we had, then a Red Lobster we had, in the mall. We had Long Island iced teas. Top shelf Top. Long Island iced teas for ten dollars a piece like that's the kind of prices they're giving out at the malls these days that's a come up and then we went to cold stone creamery and then we went home it was it was beautiful man it was like it, it was just like childhood all over yeah it was like i guess i wasn't a- drinking long island iced teas but you know what i mean well it, um, was, it was like being a teenager but with with adult with adults, abilities, adult adult beverages adult yeah. abilities yeah you can do anything it's like being a kid but being an adult it's a way to do it um what do you think? He's looking pretty eager over there. Should we get this guest in? Uh, I like making him sweat a little bit. You know yeah, what I, mean? I don't know. know do you, man, maybe we can bullshit a little bit yeah, longer. We'll is that a, a pineapple? Longer. Is that a Salt Life shirt? He's wearing a Salt Life shirt. He's uh, that's actually, is, it, that's, is it a Salt Life shirt? Wow, now he's whispering. We said don't talk until you're introduced. Um, Chris, uh, well, actually, I got to hear the guest take on this one. So let's just bring him in. Okay. We got the one and only Joe Nana. Welcome back to the pod, Joe Nana. What's up, boys? Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're excited. We're excited to have you on. We see you upgraded your uh, setup a little bit. Last time you were using like a microphone from 1985 or something. It was picking up. It was auto compressing all the audio. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I know you're really into that indie lo-fi sound with your own music. So uh, that's it. Yeah. No, that's your new direction. That's what they were telling me. Thank you. I've only got one direction, if you know what I mean. Shout out. That direction is up because this podcast is always getting better. Um. Joe, what do you think about the standing desk? You work at one, or you, are you? Uh, you're just sitting all day, aren't you? I I used to have a standing desk, and they took it away from me. So that those those days are behind me. I'm a they, I'm a sitting guy now. I just take laps around the office. Was it like a punishment? No, I didn't have a doctor's note. I uh, somebody got fired, so I took their standing desk. And I guess to get a standing desk, you need to have a, a doctor's note because the company, they'll, they'll buy it if you have like a doctor's note, then you have a what bad back kind or something. What backwards ass Florida shit is that? What? You have to have a doctor's note to like be help. Hey, um, I'm trying to like not be a fat fuck. Can I get a standing desk? Nope. Got to be a fat fuck first. I just don't understand. Like, like where, did they sell the desk back to the company? Like what happened to the desk? Somebody else got a doctor's note. <laughs> so, they got, crazy. so they get the desk. That's so shitty. That's that just seems like a, so absolutely buzz, like bullshit dystopian garbage. It's like well, the, I, the, I'm the trying to make an active step. Is one to, of those like convertible like uh, stand up ones. The very desk. Do you know what I'm talking about? 
I think we have something that's basically like yeah, that. You it, press it the like button on it, and it goes on up. the desktop, and then it's got oh. these handles on the side, so you can lift it up, so you can mm. sit down or stand up. And then I I changed offices, and the desk that I have, you can't really fit it on there, so they, they would have had to buy a new one. And uh, since I didn't have a doctor's note, they gave it to uh, the person who did have a doctor's note. Maybe that'll be the next contest for a Sizzle podcast. Why do you need a doctor's note? <laughs> Why do you need a doctor's note? Why can't the company just say, yeah, I want to make my employees happy. They're happy with this desk. Let's just buy another one. I think you're giving companies too much credit. Oh I think the majority God. of them prefer that they're like to save a few dollars over having happy employees. Like, yeah, straight up. I mean, there's a couple so hundred bucks and um, I'm not in the office as much as the other people because I'm, I'm splitting my time on the road or in the office. So I don't know. Yeah, you you got to save a couple hundred bucks, I guess. Right. You're not like a giant, I'm like so giant company with hundreds of employees. Whatever. Wait, so I didn't mean to cut you off from your contest. What's, what's our next contest? Oh, the contest that I'm thinking about doing is eventually we'll do a contest where the caller wins a standing desk. Okay. Can they win mine? Cause it has a chip in it. Oh, computer chip. That's what, that's what's <laughs> happening with the shortage. There's a chip shortage. Chris is holding on to all of them. No, uh, you know, they win like a Joe's old standing desk or something. I don't know. I think that'd be kind of cool. But S- send us your doctor's notes and maybe you'll be selected. Ooh, that's pretty good. For a standing desk. So real gang at gmail.com. Send in your doctor's notes. And Little HIPAA violations going on. Damn. Let's get it. Look, no, no, no. We haven't forced anyone to disclose <laughs> their, their health situation. We're letting them volunteer it. Look, um, let me get into desk. let me get into what what I really had in mind today. So we had a, a little meeting today in the in the office. We have a potential thing coming up with a, a client where we might they have a lot of content that they're trying to push out, and it's a lot of content across a lot of different uh, formats, right? So they have a few shows. There's a short show that's like two to three minutes. They're really quick little profile pieces. Slightly longer show that's uh, seven minutes, then there's a 15 minute show. And then there's a 46 minute show. Um, we, I think during that meeting, I very much realized, cause I know earlier in past episodes, I've been like, if I want to do something long form, that'd be kind of fun. Yeah. During that meeting, I very much realized I do not want to fucking do anything that's 46 minutes long. Cause I was trying to calculate how much it costs, how long it would take. Joe Nana's shaking his head over there. Chris, you also don't want to do it. I thing. mean, it's 46 minutes is a long time where like, it sounds great in theory. If you really have a month to a month or two to invest in it and care about it. But if it's just a project that someone's bringing to you and you don't know exactly like you don't have that relationship with the shooters where you you don't know exactly how they shoot or how they're going to give you the footage. Like it's just a headache to even think about it. The idea of getting dumped with like 20 hours of footage that you have to turn into one hour. That's it. I think you nailed it. It's getting dumped with footage. Cause I was going to say I could do a 46 minute thing if it was scripted. Yeah. Yeah. But- you know the way that they do shit these days. People just go out and shoot for like a week and then are like, oh man, it's great. We didn't stop rolling the entire time. And you're like, well, that's not great. This yeah. is going to take me months. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. I and it's one thing if you have like a whole team of people around you who are on set and they know the moments that they're looking for and, you know, at least a rough idea. But this is like, I, I think we'd be getting stuff that some some camera person just went out and shot for a whole day. Yeah. Kind of solo dolo. And yeah. then we craft everything without much support which yeah 
It's that's just, what that's why the price is high right yeah. that's why it's like well okay we'll do it but the price got to be right joe nana yeah. what's what's up man you, you like the long you like working on the 45 minute long stuff or no or no all my stuff about? is usually 30 seconds or less because we're doing commercial work is this a, a documentary or like is it going to broadcast or is it supposed to be 46 minutes online mm-hmm. and then cut down to those smaller pieces I honestly don't know any of the details, but um, it's basically like a docu-style fly-on-the-wall type thing about some... Uh, athletes. Yeah, athletes. Young athletes, yeah. basically. I mean, it could be cool, but that sounds like so much work. Like, you'd have to produce it, too, to that's, I mean, that's, actually be invested into it, it seems like. Because, that's kind of the yeah, the amount of footage that you get, and you're going to get have to get so much clearance, depending on if you're going to... I don't know if it's supposed to be a film well, or broadcast or whatnot, but if you're well, dealing we, with I athletes mean, our, and archival our footage. Just, uh, yeah, but our role there, like we'd be working with the producer. Yeah. But I just have a, I know that it would, you know how it is, man. It w- especially with things like that, they turn into such a heavy lift in post. They sell yeah. it to you as like, oh yeah, you're just cutting it. But the reason that they want you is because you have a producer mind. So you're going to be doing a lot of the creative producing and low-key creative direction as you go and yeah it's like i mean dude 46 minutes i i mean you could be on that project for a year you have no idea you know i mean it depends on what they're looking for but a lot of those long form especially for broadcast i mean it's not going to be a week turnaround unless this is just some kind of web video just to throw up there yeah i mean unless it's like a a long conversation that is unedited and unfiltered you know what I mean? That's just cutting angles. Yeah. yeah well, th- those are easy, but that's not what this seemed like. Exactly. This seemed like there was more to it. So I, I, mean? I did like a 45 minute like panel style conversation back in like December. And I mean, even that, I mean, I only did that in a week and it was pretty low key. You know, like it was, I was cutting an hour and a half down into 45 minutes and it was just cutting angles. Basically, I'm not sourcing footage from a whole bunch of different places. I'm not trying to like craft a story. It's different when two people are just talking versus you're literally pro- you're producing and editing a documentary and after it gets to you. Even if it's just two people talking, I mean, it, it is it's OK, fine. Then maybe it's like a pretty simple edit, but it's still a lot of editing It's 45 minutes. Yeah. Even an export of that takes for fucking ever. You know it what does. I mean? It does. So like it's it just is going to take a lot of time. But either way, during this conversation, I was at first I was like, oh, yeah, it'd be cool to do this 45 minute thing. And then we really started crunching numbers. And then I was like, well, it would cost a lot. And mm-hmm. so they're probably not going to want to do it. And if the price comes down any more then I'm not going to want to do it. So it just doesn't seem like uh, I mean, yeah, we'll I, see it, what happens with it, I guess. Yeah. But, yeah. But I don't know. I yeah, I I've done I think the longest thing I've ever really done besides like podcast type stuff is maybe 25 minutes. The most like complicated show that i've ever done and that was for like a uh, cable cable tv it was a soccer show yeah but uh if you want to find it type in it's called football vf2 you'll find an episode or two of it i think it's mostly gone from the internet but you know we'll find it just like everything right everything is just eventually gonna get scrubbed from the internet it's like why did we even do that like where does it live I mean, that's that's life as it is, though. Like, eventually, yeah. all of us are going to be scrubbed from the planet. But what about, like, the digital dark ages? You know you know what that's all about? You ever heard of that? What? You mean, like, the early age of, uh, vi- like, digital video that never yeah, basic, found a home on the internet? Basically, like, before there was, like, a universal standard and technology was increasing so quickly that, like, things became outdated, like, immediately. 
so there was just no archival of them. Like uh, even think about it in a smaller context. Like if you have a hard drive from <clears throat> from two thousand and like eight that has old ports on it, and you're like, you get it now, you're like, I have no way to plug this up. If yeah. you have a drive that was just FireWire, we have like a dozen of those old Lacys that are just FireWire, and for a while that was like you. If you had one of those, you were into in the industry, you know, like you, FireWire eight hundred. That was the shit. Exactly. You know, I still got FireWire eight hundred drives. You There's, still you still use them though, or no? I still got stuff on them. I got to go on my old computer when I have to access them, though. Exactly. That's your old computer. Saying. Yeah, it's the digital dark ages. Like those are artifacts that are. We have like a hard drive graveyard, basically, of those. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it, it. It just makes you think. You're like, damn, how much stuff is out there that's never gonna get seen or or whatever like red if their documents are heard if yeah. it's music i mean it's literally an entire industry like data recovery shit like that mm-hmm. i mean i know that's a slightly different thing but data is extremely important to people why you know there's a reason it was captured in the first place that's why it's important to get a standard that's why like i'm i don't know i i don't blame the companies for the first few like 10 years 15 20 years because that it's just hard to align right but at this point like everyone needs to be aligned there needs to be a standard for like you know, drives, whatever, USB-C, I guess, is mm-hmm. the standard. I don't really fucking yeah, know. Yeah, I think that's what they're moving yeah. to. I mean, when I worked at uh, Therapy Studios in Los Angeles, shout out to them. Uh, shout remember, out. I worked out of the vault and that's right. we had, I, I mean, I had never worked with tape decks or anything before and they still had, we had D5, beta cam, HD cam. We had fi- film reels in there, all different kinds of hard drives. And basically they had a room in that studio just dedicated to media storage and management. Cause we had so many different types that we were working with at that time. And I don't know what it's like now. I mean, that was, uh, what was that? Like seven, eight years ago. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there were still people rolling to tape, which yeah, is yeah. crazy I mean, to I me. I remember that. I remember you showing me how you were uh, prepping stuff for delivery over there. And I like one time I went in there and you showed me how to do it. And I was just like, uh, why do I need to know seems, this? Yeah. <laughs> well, it wasn't even, it was part of it was, why do I need to know this? Part of it was that it was so intimidating. I was just like, man, it's not very intimidating to open up a computer program and type some things in and hit export. But when you're dealing with actual tape, I feel like, uh, it's, if you fuck it up, you fucked up. You know what yeah, I mean? I mean, I we had to black encode the is. tapes and you had to get everything down to the frame. And it was just like, I mean, you'd send it off to like extreme reach to distribute and whatnot. So you had to make sure everything was perfect. So I mean, it goes through a whole different QC process as well, but yeah, I don't know. I I don't ever want to work with tape again. I mean, I don't see the uh, use of it. I know some film festivals, they still want you to lay the tape, but hey, I'm just going to send it off to uh, one of these distributors to uh, roll to tape if you ever need to do that. I mean, I feel like the standard now for films though, or maybe it's been like this for a while. I'm not, I'm not much of a filmmaker, but isn't it a D DCP or something like that? Like yeah. Something like, like for like, like theaters and, and whatnot, we've had to do that yeah. before, but I mean, most of the stations that we upload when we're doing TV that we can just upload like an MP4 an MOV to an FTP, like, and, and they're fine with that. And if they need to convert it, yeah. they'll just do it. Right, right, right. Joe. Th- so that was at, at uh, what's it called therapy studios. That's what you yep. call it. Yeah, uh, that's that's a little bit of a throwback, man. That was a while ago. That was back in L.A. You were you you were the uh, the vault keeper for a while. Uh, yeah, I was the uh, vault manager. Is I guess what my 
position was. And then I started moving up to like a post-production assistant. And then, uh, you know, we moved back to Florida, right. As things were really ramping up. So Damn, you, you, you left, you, you, you were like, you know what? I don't, I don't want to do this. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna I was go never going to end up in Los. Shit. The only reason I came to Los Angeles was because you convinced me to go to Los Angeles. I was <laughs> That's on my the way. Reason I'm in LA or I'm in New York. <laughs> I was on my way to New York city. And then he's like, no, dude, I got a spare room. Come out to LA. I'm like, all can't right, turn down I a spare guess. room. Can't turn down a spare room. You got to meet Rudderman. You got to meet Tyler. You got, dude, you had we a great time. We got to meet Rodney. Shout out Rodney. to our landlord. Rod. Shout out to Rodney. Um, I still use his last name as a password on some stuff. <laughs> I don't know what his last name was. <laughs> um, it was Mendoza. Mendoza. Oh, okay. yeah, I'm going to bleep that. I'm going to bleep that. Um, I always assumed that was like a soccer player. Nope. Nope. That was my landlord. That was um, our landlord. We, the, the Rod Pod, baby. Yeah, we called it the Rod Pod where we lived. It was basically the house in front. You've been there. But I, I knew Rod. I met the, Rod. The, the house in front of the landlord's house. Yeah, he had yeah. that house. Then he built a big house in the backyard, moved his family into there. Well, this, and your house was supposed to be like a, a assisted living house or they something were like, like that. You were yeah. planning to turn it into that at some point. I think, I think his nephew was like a, a nurse or something like that. And so they wanted to have some kind of live-in center that they could then care for the, the people. But they were collecting so much money off that rent that they were like, you know what? Actually, dude, our rent was actually cheap. Our rent was cheap. That was the cheapest rent that I might have. I mean, well, when we went to college, I mean, the rent was cheap there. But for Los Angeles, I mean, the second I moved out, I was paying almost triple. Facts, facts. It was mad cheap. But like, shout out to Rudderman for finding that, though. Yeah. Rudderman, Rudderman. DJ DJ Rudnan. We got to get DJ Rudnan on the pod sometime. That'd be dope. I think he would love to come on. Um. Joe Nana, uh, what if last cup last thing before we go to break? Because you know we got a special episode today. We're crashing the boards again. Crashing the boards. But Joe Nana, what uh, what have you been up to lately? I feel like we haven't had you on since March Madness. You have any recent developments? You you've been flying around still, hitting the private jet. Yeah, yeah, DJ. we've been flying a lot. We're basically ramping back up. Things are back to normal. You know, we're vax. That's facts, and we're on the road. Uh-huh. I'm uh, dude. I'm proud no of new you. normal. I'm glad you guys are I'm glad you guys are back. It's uh it feels like uh just the other day Joe Nana was not flying anywhere, not doing anything, just fucking off, barely going to work. And now <laughs> No, he's I was back. in I was in the office every day. Don't doubt I was that. About to say, you're, he's in Florida. Think, that- <laughs> dude, I've been to Louis in the last month I've been to Louisville twice, Nashville twice. Uh I gotta go to Charlotte next week. We've been in Naples just all throughout Florida. I mean, it's uh it's heating up down here, man. It's hot in the streets. What was your uh what was your favorite trip so far the last few months? You, you do anything cool offset or anything cool that happened on set? No, nah, nothing. Nothing, nothing at all. <laughs> nothing at all. Nothing at <laughs> all. It's just the things same are going, old things shit. are going normal. Next week though is going to be uh interesting. I got to do a shoot and we got to work with some dogs but they're untrained and it's not going to go well. And I've already expressed the fact that it's not going to go well and I don't really want to do it, but I got to have to work with, why do you have to work with dogs? What's the reason? It's just the direction that they want to go with the spot. They want to do the spot from like a a dog's perspective. Oh my God. (laughs) Cause I saw somebody, we we had done it for um, another dealership and they saw it and they liked it. And they were like, oh, yeah, but we don't want to hire a trained dog like, you know, the other people did. 
We, I got a dog at home. We'll use him. So we'll see. I mean, it's oh always hit or miss with, with dogs. I'm just going to strap a GoPro to its back and let it walk around and figure it out later. Oh, you're actually going to do it from the, you're really going to yeah, do that? Yes. From the Why dog's perspective, like we got to yeah. put a harness on the dog. We're going to put a GoPro and then I'm going to be following it around with a Ronin as well. Like right above, like I, we can't really control what? where it's yeah. going to go. You Why know, do you need I don't the know dog? how it's going to happen. You're not going to use any of that GoPro footage. It's yep. going to be all, all whatever you shoot on the own. And I keep, I keep telling them that. And they keep telling me that they want to use the GoPro still. And I said, it's going to look so different. Like why, why hire video professionals if you don't fucking listen to them? Yeah. Fuck I mean, it, throw, dude, it's tier three marketing. Dog, it doesn't really matter. Throw a That's GoPro just... on the dog. But I, again, yeah, I'm with you, Chris, you're not going to use that shit. You're going to be using exclusively that Ronin because you're going to be able to direct what the hell you want to do. I mean, that's the shit that that you're only going to see on a local market. You know, you're not going to see it on a broad scale. So it's not like I'm trying to be, you know, Martin Scorsese over here. So if it looks a little rough, it is what it is, you know, (laughs) rough. That's pretty good. That's he's going to be Martin Scorsese. One dog's like shoot another dog in the head or something. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, how uh, my thing, what I was going to say was I'm concerned about getting like any of the uh, kind of the shots that will go alongside that dog POV footage. Cause you're probably going to need like actual footage of the dog going somewhere, or, like jumping into the car or something like that oh, to yeah. establish like what the shoot fuck everything is happening. Twice. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? I mean, that stuff we have planned out. Not, and I'm can, saying if the dog's not trained though, you're going to have how many times you have to shoot that. Well, so if, if it's the guys, so it's the owner's dog. So somebody can always, hold the dog sort of like back. The owner stands on one side and you hope that it's going to run to his owner. This, you this know, sounds a whole lot like this sounds like the March Madness entry where the owner wants to insert himself <laughs> in the commercial, but worse, even worse. I want to insert myself, <laughs> but my dog. Exactly. Yo, it, we, it ne- you never stop going through it. Joe, but, Manning, you never but stop the thing going is last it. time we did it for him too. Cause, cause we did do a spot with dogs, but we actually had trained dogs on set but then he wanted his kid in the spot so we had kids and dogs and those are two things you don't want to work with because you know they're so unpredictable but it came out good i think it actually came out pretty good i gotta meet this guy i love this guy this is hilarious he just does everyone zigs he zags and i like that (laughs) i'm all about that um let's take a quick break when we get back we're gonna crash the boards we're gonna make like uh andre drummond and, uh, and crash the boards. He gets a lot of rebounds. Yeah, sure. All right. We'll be right back. Year, I'm Braxton. I'm Tia. I'm Lauren. I'm Chris. And we're bringing you the Group Text Podcast. We are four black cousins texting all day, every day about everything going on from the streets to the tweets. And, you know, we're bringing the group text to the podcast world. Yep. Talking about why America is trash, but also why you should have hope. We're recapping everything pop culture, current events, and what's viral this week. And even hitting you with some life advice, like when you should knock if they buck. Yep, and we'll be keeping score, seeing if city boys or city girls are up. City girls are always up. City girls make them wish like Ray J. <laughs> the Group Text Podcast, brought to you by the Shishkin Productions Network. Join our group text every Friday, wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, Sizzlers, welcome back. Welcome. Welcome. We made it. We made it. We're here to crash some boards with the angry tortoise himself, Joe Nana. That's right. 
Should I should I just start it off with you, you a, kick us off? You with, kick us off, Chris. Just jump right into it. We're not even gonna fucking preface this segment. We're just going right for <laughs> it. Well, crashing the boards. It prefaces look, itself. In, What's in, there to in say? In basketball, it means grab some rebounds. That's Here, right. it means we're literally going on to editing forums on the internet. That's right. Boards. Yes. And, uh, you know, we're stealing their content. Crash, That's right. Crashing them. We're crashing their boards. Yeah. We're, <laughs> they, we're, this is like rebound content. You know what I mean? Dude. If someone already did it. We're also going to rebound onto this content. Look, uh, you know. Yes, that, that's what's happening. Look, uh, you know, yes. <laughs> Fucking, I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we're going to start off on the editor's subreddit. And someone posted a rant. Why do jobs ask editors for their reels? What does it prove other than I can edit a reel? Um, I mean, a pretty solid question, but I have a pretty solid answer. I think the reason that they ask for them is to see how well you can fucking edit a reel and to also see who you've worked with and what you've done. I don't, it's a stupid question. Of course you want to fucking see their reel. Why would you not want to see their reel? So I mean, p- part of their their thing is, you know, I've I already sent you my portfolio, my resume, references, some clips from work I've done. No one looked at your stupid enough? fucking portfolio. All right. We don't have time to look through your shittily designed fucking website that you think looks cool, but really is just incredibly difficult to deal yeah, with. A little Squarespace. I fuck fuck that shit. Also, like, I'm not I don't I'm not going to watch every single thing you've ever fucking done. Show me a reel. Put your best shit right in there. Then from there, if I'm interested, I'll go, oh, that's cool. I want to go watch that. Exactly. That's how I yeah, feel. Ex- exactly. I mean, when I when I'm getting reels in and, you know, along with like resumes, when I'm about to interview somebody, I, I if they don't even have a reel, then, yeah, I'm not. I just sort of disregard it because it does give you a baseline of what they can do. And there's different kind of reels, too. You know, there's editing reels. You have your cinematography reels, directing reels, all different kinds of reels. So they all serve different purposes. But yeah, I think it's a pretty effective tool to sort of gauge where they are. Now, I don't know. This guy might be thinking that, oh, well, if I'm showing you a reel, it's just showing that I can cut stuff to music and do this and that but i mean you guys have different types of reels on your website i mean vince did his where he filmed some stuff for it chris you incorporated i remember uh, you had what bill murray clips in there and whatnot bill murray yep yep so so i was about to say go ahead yeah what i was about to say was if if you're asking that question if you're saying why does my reel even matter it means your reel fucking sucks Like, it means you took no care in your craft and you don't give a fuck. Because ultimately what your reel is, it's an extension of you and it's your first impression. It's literally the way you say hello. It's your style, exactly. It's the way you say hello to someone. It's like, here you go. This is what I'm all about. If you're fucking with the way I did this, then you're going to like generally the way I operate. If your shit's boring, but it's like, you know what I mean? If If it's just straight cuts and like it has no sound ups or anything and it's just straight cuts to the beat. It can be a boring reel, but from there you can even learn someone's pace. You can be like, okay, yeah. well, you like to pace things nicely, so I like that. You know what I mean? But then you have those really nice reels where you got nice sound bites. You have a, a exploring how they like to have a visual approach with graphics. You you can explore the way they tell a story, like where their beats lie. You can you can get all that information across in one minute. And if you're out here saying, do reels matter? 
then your reel sucks. And so. vi- visual effect <laughs> reels are pretty important too, because you can really tell if somebody knows their visual effects. Like if they're Col- a motion graphics artist or something like that, then yeah, I mean, that's a very effective reel because I'm not going to be digging through an entire project just to find the clip that you worked on. Color reels too. Colorist reels oh, are yeah, very that's important. That's important. That's how you can really tell. I don't know. For for me, the way I approach my reel is because like I, I don't agree with the the you know why have a reel sentiment, but like I kind of you know there's that kernel of truth that I understand. But so for me, I was like, well, what's what's my point in having a reel? And really, it was to show my personality through my edit. Basically, it's like because everyone at, at our company has worked on roughly the same stuff, so there's a lot of footage that ended up in multiple reels, but they're all cut in very different ways that kind of show who, who that person is as an editor and what their approach to the similar footage would be my favorite. So the way the top comment on this, this forum, this question, it stuck with me. This is from a couple weeks ago, but I've been thinking about it a lot. It's sometimes you got to sell the sizzle, not the steak, which is completely true. Like you just have to sell them on the idea that you can make something look good. Yep. Even if that's not what you're trying to, even if you're not there to cut a reel, like it shows that you can edit at the end of the day. If the first thing you show them is interesting and you manage to take the smorgasbord and smattering spattering of crazy shit, that's all very different and put it together and make it make sense for one minute. Mm-hmm. And you manage to entertain them for one minute. That means you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Take ex- a bunch yeah. of different footage. Tell a story about yourself and your work. Like, that's literally it. It's you tell a story about yourself. That's all you got to do. Let's let's move on to the next one. I think we all we all we all nailed that. Wait, let me ask one question real quick. What was the the general consensus? You you said what the top comment was. But everyone was on the same page, right? Everyone was like, "Yo, your reel is you." You know, there was kind of like a uh, like a dissenting voice that was like. I, you know, I understand all these comments saying why you need a sizzle, but for some, some people, it doesn't make any sense. You know, like if I'm a, a, a documentary editor, a long form documentary editor, maybe it doesn't make sense to have a real cut at that same pace as you think a, a sizzle reel might be, which that makes sense. But, but my argument there is like, then pace it the way that you want it to be paced for what you're working but on. But at, like, po- at that point, it's not really a reel when like sometimes what no, you it's work- a reel, it's just not a sizzle reel. It's, yeah. But it's a reel. Like it's still, it still shows what you worked on. I mean, at that point, it's the same as having a portfolio website though, with like five select scenes. You know what that person sounds like? What? They sound like they're a director who's posing as an editor yeah, because maybe. the directors are the ones who need to showcase actual scenes and like you need to get a. Like a director's reel is very different, right? For a director, you're actually seeing what they did with the scene. But if you're out there trying to get an editing job, then you need to show that you know how to edit. That's really what matters. You know what I mean? But I guess it depends what you're editing. Yeah. Right? Well, it's, some people also said like, you know, it, it kind of shows me like the level of work that you're you're working on. If, yeah. if, if it's obviously low budget, then maybe you're not right for this high budget job or, right. or right. vice versa. Before we get off of this, I have one more thing. I'm sorry. I keep trying to get us off it, but then I keep thinking of shit. No, this, this um, is a hot, hot topic. This is a hot button topic. It's the name of the game. Yeah. This is a real. Yeah. That's what we call it. Um, My thing is, I remember when I first started. Everything that I worked on that had even the closest relation to a brand, right? So if we did a show where we got to film, we got to drive and film Porsches um, at the at the Porsche like racetrack in Alabama. Mm-hmm. It wasn't necessarily that we were making content for Porsche, but Porsche were showcasing their new cars and allowing us to drive them. Yeah. So we had good shots of Porsches and good shots of the logos. 
Same with Ford when I did some of that. When we worked with uh, Cedra Apple Cider, the Stella brand. Yeah. I remember that was technically a branded series, so we had good shots of that. I literally pulled all of those shots and put them in my reel. So it was like, I've worked with these big brands and yep. I've been trusted to do things for these brands. Exactly. And if I see that in a reel when I'm hiring someone, I'm like, okay, cool. Like I know that companies can, other companies can trust you. So I hope hopefully can trust you. As exactly. Well. You know, that's what it comes down to. Um, sorry for the rant. Joe Nana, what do, you, what do you got for us? What's your first crash in the boards pick? Yeah. So this one um, is uh, also on Reddit. And it is, where are you networking now? Uh, you know, just in general Ooh. with the pandemic, you know, people aren't really going out. You know, you're probably not, you're doing a lot of remote jobs. And especially for you guys trying to find new contracts and new jobs to work on. I, I know you're probably hitting up some of your old contacts, but are you getting anybody new? Uh, you know, how are you finding those people? I, it's been difficult, I would say. I mean... As far as like finding other editors, it's been mostly LinkedIn. Yeah, that's the, a lot of LinkedIn. Yeah. LinkedIn's been the number one for me. I mean, I would say that's probably the social network that I'm most active on, which is like some sellout shit. But that's just facts. Um, Amy's also been helping a lot. Amy's been doing a ton of the outreach. Oh, yeah. A Amy does probably most of it at this point. But when you said old contacts, Joe Nana, that actually is that's it. I mean, in reality, that's mm -hmm. it. It's been like. You know, reconnecting with people because, um, you know, I feel like at the pandemic, everything slowed down for a second and it was like, well, shit, you know, what's what are they been up to? What have they been up to? What have they been? You have some you have a second to reach out. Exactly. So it's kind of what we did last summer. But in reality, I mean, a lot of our same stuff came back. Um, the stuff from pre pandemic kind of came back. Yeah. And, you know, we, we have been like this thing that we're talking about what that could have involved this. 45 minute documentary or whatever that's kind of that's an old contact that we reached out to right it's true yeah that is that that's someone who i worked on that soccer show with actually. exactly and we haven't actually gotten anything from them but we've kept in touch for the last few months and it keeps seeming like it might lead to something maybe. yeah i mean it's all about opening the doors and having mm -hmm. the meetings and having the calls and stuff like that but in terms of finding new people um i I think, yeah, it's been some LinkedIn and some email stuff. We ended up somehow getting a meeting with someone who is in charge of the or somewhere like a VP of some documentary thing at Vice. Remember that? Oh, yeah, that's right. We did that in like February. Well, and, and some of the work we did with with one company, like we have uh, a company that we've done like two projects with and they were like, you know, I, we think you'd be good with this other department in our company. And they, they sent us over to them and we've been talking to them. Right. Yeah. Who is that? Uh, NHL stuff. Oh yeah. The NHL stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That, that has been fun. That was, that was something that we thought wasn't going to come back because we did the same project for them. Um, at one point last year and we were like, well, that's gone. And then somehow out of the blue, it came back. But yeah, to, I mean, for me, like, and I guess we're in the same boat, right, Chris, but mm -hmm. to answer your question, Joe, it's to answer the question. It's like, uh, basically just reaching out to the same people who we usually reach out to. And then, you know, via them having connections to others, it's very little, very little cold outreach, I would say has worked over the last year. We've done a decent amount of it, but it's think, mostly been warm outreach. Yeah. And we've also been in a position where we don't need to go too crazy with the outreach. Like we do need, you know, to keep bringing on new work all the time, but we've done a good job of, 
kind of extending our relationship with current clients. Like, you know, they, over time they believe in us to take on more and we've been able to negotiate to take on more with them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it's been, it's been solid. Joe Nana, you haven't done any freelance work on the side. You've just been. Company, uh, I actually had a man. few people reach out to me over the last couple of weeks. Um, oh. So I got a few projects that I'm actually going to pick up. Um, I got one. Angry Tortoise is back in action. <laughs> Angry Tortoise is back in action, baby. I got one uh, for July. Uh, just a guy I used to work with. He just reached out to me. He had a, uh, he started up his own business and he wanted to get some marketing material. And then I had a uh, another old contact from work reach out and they are at a new job where they might have to bring on some freelance editors for some remote work. So just Yo. keeping those old contacts, like you said, uh, alive, you know, I was calling some of my old friends just who I haven't talked to in a while, just seeing what they're up to. All the old people that we used to know in uh, Los Angeles, just, yeah. hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Uh, you know, people have moved on. A lot many people are in Los Angeles still. Uh, most yeah, people dude. I know are, are out. I, I got friends in Arizona now, North Carolina. You guys are in New York. So well, we got a network well, all over the country, but well, I don't have well, many contacts out in LA still. I got a few, but let's talk. Let's talk after the pod, because uh, you know if they need some remote editors, we could always uh, arrange for like you know depending on how many they need, we can always kind of do a little deal. I don't yeah, know. we'll yeah. see what happens. Um, Joe Nana, let me uh, ask you one thing: You're editing for all those people, or you're also shooting, or what are you doing? Uh, it's a mix. So it makes you uh, do it all. One of the projects I'm filming, editing, producing, basically, you know, just one man banding the one whole thing. Um, the other has just been for potential editing projects. Nothing has been worked out on that one yet, but what it seems like is it's just editing. Uh, I don't know if they need any uh, production work done, uh, but th it's in the initial stages right now. Well, there you go. You got to keep us updated. Let us know what's going on. Um, I'm going to move on to my uh, little crashing the boards thing here. So uh, you guys have some strong opinions on this. We talked about it a little bit at the break. Okay. I went to Creative Cal and I got something <laughs> off of their boards. Um, and this is from from three months ago. So it's kind of old. But you guys hate Creative Cal. You were hating on it real hard. Explain why. I don't know if the people don't know Creative Cal is... Uh, Go to creativecow.net. You'll see. It's like I'm. I'm not hating on Creative Cow itself as an entity. Creative Cow is great because that was like the original like forum. You know, when you're getting into video, everyone says, "Oh, check out Creative doing, Cow. It's doing, it's a great great resource." Doing a lot of backpedaling here. No, look it. No, it's the people on Creative Cow. Creative Cow is fine. It's the people on Creative Cow who are like, it's, they, they get a bit of a fucked up take, but okay. look, whatever. They're so pretentious. Like, cause yeah. the way I end up on Creative Cow is, and Joe was mentioning this during the break, is basically you Google a problem that you have with Adobe or, you know, whatever. And the first few links are often Creative Cow. And then you'll click into it and, Every time it's either Adobe has not resolved this issue or it's a bunch of people sending you to links that they're like, this has already been answered. See here. And then you you click on that link and it's a, it's been answered, but it's a different version of Premiere or it's a different situation. And it's like, this is not the same fucking thing. I think that you guys are are hating a little bit unnecessarily. My take on Creative Cow is the reason people aren't as a... Uh, they may seem pretentious there is because they're old. 
So I think I mean, that that's part of it. They use like an ellipsis. They're like dot dot dot. Is there a way of saying like I'm just no? It's not it, it up no. for conversation. It's, it's not in, in between the lines. Pretentious. It's <laughs> fuck you. This is stupid. You're wasting my time asking this question on a forum that is designed to help I you. I know who you're talking about. The guy with the, the little turtleneck and the wireframe glasses. I know exactly who you're talking about. Everyone sees that guy's responses, but he's a legend. He's Ledge. a legend. All right, let me get to it. Uh, this guy says uh, iPhone as a cinema camera. And that's a little bit misleading because he's saying he's trying to teach the basics of production and post-production at like a school. But uh, it's been challenging because uh, they've had to do everything remote. Right. Um, so he's saying he's he's like, well, all the students have phones. So I'm using that as my resource sure. to teach them, uh, teach them how to make films. That's cool. My question isn't really related to that. It's more like uh, if you had to create a semester of of school for teaching someone filmmaking editing whatever 101 straight up basics 101 uh what would your lesson plan be like what would you like to teach them and how would you do it i guess i would start out with just like week one would be photography and like composition right and like i i don't know i guess i i don't know in iphone how much personalization you can do like how many how custom you can get like can you set your your f-stop can you change the iso can you do shit like that i think uh, or do you have to download a separate app i, I think imagine the only thing you can do is like on the newest ones you can change the wide angle well let's whatever. be real all, all cameras are auto now anyway mostly right yeah but, I, I i would focus on composition first and like making sure your shot looks good and then mm -hmm. from there i would probably move on to I, it's weird because like I, I feel like you got to get them in with something fun to at yeah, the start. Hundred percent. But in my head, I'm like, well, I need to teach them about storage very first and foremost. Like, well, yeah, how, yeah. how's this for an idea? Are we talking like just like a normal what three months or six months or whatever semester is? Yeah, yeah. yeah so semester. So the first week, you just have them make a project. Just say, hey, just write, film, edit, and they're not going to know anything. And then every month, maybe they have to redo that project. So maybe they write it a little better. They shoot it a different way. And you sort of okay. teach them along the way, you know, the, hey, maybe you should try this as a composition. Try this shot. This same rock this up is the like same a very, hill. This is like a libertarian or like free market version. <laughs> yeah. of like, ah, oh, just teach yourself. Yeah. No, hey, no, you're, you're going to teach them. But of course, their first project's going to be shit. But then by the end of that semester, it should be a completely refined project after you sort of teach them those things composition lighting editing techniques and whatnot so you start I mean, with that base project and you just keep refining it along the way you're, you're right I you're, you're like basically that. like versioning them you're like hey yeah. let's do different versions but my concern there is that they would get bored they'd be like dude i don't want to make the same fucking thing that i wrote like three months ago again you know what i mean well you what can I always do it just beginning and end of semester you start on the one project you learn everything in between on how to refine that project and then you end on the same project and then you view them side by side to see where they uh, actually I mean, improved and learned i think that that would help out. i mean i i do know that I, one of my first like documentary classes I didn't realize until like we we're, you know, towards the end of the semester that like we, we just hadn't shot nearly enough B-roll for the project because we didn't really realize it until we were getting into editing. But and that would have been a great lesson to learn very early on, just like how much B-roll you need to shoot to cover stuff up. Yeah, because like, you know, I went into it initially thinking, oh, I'm just going to be showing this person the whole time. Like what? 
right. what am I going to shoot their house? Like, yeah. you know, I don't have these I mean, assets. I feel like I didn't really learn shit in school except for that after effects class Same. that we took. Everything else was yeah. just hands-on experience getting out there and doing it. And I mean, we were also incredibly fucking lazy when we were in school. I remember well, me and Alexi, we were doing an after effects project and uh, it was like our end of year project. And I think we waited to like, almost like the last week to do it. And we're like, shit, we don't fucking have anything to do. So we just took a music video we were working on on the side and we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going <laughs> to, right. that's our after effects project. I don't know what we, when, when we did some very basic titles and like color uh, yeah. correction in after effects yeah. and we got but like a hundred percent on it. Mission accomplished though, because like really <laughs> what's their goal? Their goal is to make you passionate about filmmaking. It's like, go make something. So if like you were making something outside of class, then their mission was accomplished. Um, I think for my semester, see, this is tough because I actually have an idea because I've thought about this. I'm like, man, this is how I would want to teach this class, but it would be a very bad 101 because I feel like in a 101, you have to teach the basics of some shit. Yeah. Um, but what I would like to do is like I would take the class and just split it off into random groups. I'm almost copying the way that uh, Robin and and um, Aubrey yeah. used to do their thing. Um, I would split everyone off and be like, Hey, you have to make a short or a music video or literally anything you want, a comedy video, even a TikTok, whatever the fuck. But here's your group for the week. Um, and you have one week to make a video and then do, do it. It's due by Friday and then Friday is screening and that's it. And every week you have you have to just make a new piece with new people and you're playing a new role. Sometimes you're shooting, sometimes you're editing. Sometimes you're producing, sometimes you're writing, but yeah. really it's everyone working together to do everything and you have to determine, I'm hands off, you determine everything on your own. Problem is, not a lot of teaching going on there. So yeah. this, this yeah. is more, it's more like a 102 or something. I don't this know. Is, this is like my, my algebra 2 class where they, uh, they made us work in groups and they wouldn't tell us how to solve problems. We had to just like figure it out on our own. And I'm like, that doesn't work for math. So then I failed pre-cal because <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't learn anything in algebra 2. They're like, yeah, Chris, just read the book. You know how to read. And you're like, I don't know how to read math. <laughs> <laughs> um, Chris, let's move on. Uh, let's get, we'll get through one more each real quick and then we'll wrap it up. One more each. All right. Is it back to me? Mm -hmm. All right. This is, once again, on the editor's subreddit. Control-Alt-Delete asked, how polished should an editor's cut for first viewing be? So I, I this sounds like, you know, what should the V1 look like? This is a very contentious, contentious thing. I'll let you guys go first, but I have a very, very strong opinion on it. I, I actually missed the question. I was looking at my own question. Wow. What's the V? How good should the V1 look is what the person asked. How good should V1 look? I mean, yeah. I always try to make it look as best as possible. I, uh, you know, and you just go from there because just put your best effort, let them see it. And they're always going to make changes. I mean, very rarely are you going to hit on the first try, but you know, if you do, you always want your best work to sort of be out there. Um, now there are times where it's like, you know, I'll have a scratch VO in there or some of the effects will be uh, a little rough, but I I'm saying I'm usually showing about 90%, uh, you know, of the final, what I think the final product should be. I, for me, it just, it is so project by project, producer by producer. Like, I, I think that a V1 should always be at least like, I don't know, minimum 60 to 70% there. You know, like 
it, but it just depends on how how tight the t- the timeline is, like how how quick the turnaround is. Like, do you need me to get this footage, go through it in a day or two, and send you a V one just so you know where the project is going, or do you do you need to have sound design and shit like that? Like, do you need to actually see what this video is going to be, or are you a smart enough producer to see what we're working toward? And I like it also depends on if you know the producer pretty well, if you work with them all the time and, you know, you know, one day you're maybe they haven't given you all the assets and you just can't work that far. Then, yeah, I think you can give them a a pretty unpolished V1. Like it it should be it doesn't need to be a masterpiece. It shouldn't be an assembly cut either, though. Right. Um, You know, I'm not going to I'm not going to deliver on my fucking earlier tease. I thought I was had a really contentious opinion on it, but I don't. I. I just think that uh, for me personally, I like to take them as like very, very far to the point where like I've done a lot and created a lot of moments and really made it shine. Like where if it accidentally like leaked or got posted because it went to the wrong person and some intern accidentally posted it, it would still do okay. You know what I mean? That's that's how I like to think about it. Um, But... You know, like you said, yeah, it just, it just depends on the producer. I've worked with producers before who are like, you know what? Before you do anything, upload a string out and yeah. then I'm going to make my notes on it. And I get it. Some people like to work that way. I personally prefer uh, leave me be for a few days and let me do everything myself. I mean, obviously, while I'm getting paid for those days. But like, I want to look at the shit myself and figure all the things out and decide the direction of it creatively myself. But I get that not every project calls for that. Yeah, I mean, I'm perfect. I'm perfectly happy to send out like whatever the producer wants. It can be a, a V zero. Like I, I'm happy with yeah. that. If that's the way they work, I I can work that way too. Because you know, sending out a polish V one, it makes you look awesome. But sometimes it's like, oh, I I put in all this extra work, and they don't want any of this anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, it's like, it depends on the relationship. Exactly. Right. Totally right. Joe, what's your what's your second one? Oh boy! Um, You've been crashing the boards. Everyone's been talking. Uh, about I'll, I'll just keep this one uh, simple because I'm curious. So the uh, this is also from Reddit. It just says podcast recommendations. So uh, oh, and in, in the uh, description, it's weird. It says besides the sizzle reel, what other podcasts <laughs> do you listen to? Um, we're talking about video podcasts, or yeah, or like yeah, media, no, this media is uh, so this was from the videography subreddit. So anything production related, I actually only know of one other one, and I only know this because I had another uh, friend who was on it, but it's called the Art of the Cut. Um, I don't really listen I've to it. I've only mm-hmm. listened to the episode that he's on, but I think that's an editing specific uh, one. And they do have pretty big professional uh, movie editors, TV editors and whatnot on there. Um, but yeah, besides that, I don't really listen to any other production related podcasts. And I don't know if you guys do. I listen to a they're not necessarily production related. They're more like media related. Um, the Ringer has one. That's about movies, and I don't really care about their movie talk. Um, but I think it's—I think her name is Amanda Dobbins, and the guy's name I think is Sean Fennessy. I don't remember what the fucking podcast called. But is it binge um, mode? No, it's not binge mode. It's—it's it's a different one. I—I don't, I don't remember what it's called. But um, they talk about um, you know current happenings and whatever in media and movies and stuff for the first half, but then usually. The back half is an interview with the director of a film that's about to come out. That's why I don't know, Chris, if you've heard me in the past be like, 
Oh, that movie. Never seen it, but I heard an interview with the yeah, director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do that have, all the time because yeah. I listen to those sometimes. Another one that I uh, know is, uh, I think, is it, uh, it's either, I think it's Hollywood Reporter has a, inter- has a podcast that is not very, no offense, Hollywood Reporter, but if you want to hire us, hire us. But it's not very well produced. We'll produce it better. But um, <laughs> they had uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's editors on. Remember I sent you oh, that one? Oh, that's right. That they one had was them pretty on. dope. Um, and then outside of that, uh, I don't really listen. And and look, I don't listen to either one of those religiously. Those are just kind of yeah. If I the, like the Hollywood Reporter, they actually have um, on YouTube usually around award season. They do the roundtables. I don't know if they do that in podcast form or not either, but those are usually pretty interesting. Where they roundtable like the nominated uh, actors, directors, editors, writers from that year. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I'm more visual content when it comes to production related stuff. I don't really watch any production related stuff. I mean, for me, look, I'm going to just a little plug. The reason the sizzle reel is set apart from those other editing podcasts is because that's we don't just stick to it. I feel like editors are a very certain type of person. They're usually fucking nerds. No offense, but like and quiet and they're mad quiet and they just want to talk about like tech and just they're just boring as, and talking about editing and, you know, like most editors, you wouldn't want to have a beer with them because you just feel like, damn, I have to really do all the talking. Yeah, I got to got to hold this conversation. I got to carry. But for us, you'd have a beer with us, right? I don't know. Maybe. I think so. I, I've, I've been known to carry a conversation once or two. Yeah. Once or once, two. Once or two. <laughs> once or, once or two. I've been known to carry a conversation <laughs> once or two. Exactly. Wait, Chris, what are your podcasts? Joe Nana just skipped right over you. He didn't even care. Oh, that's because I don't really. Because he's I'm, a fucking I'm like, nerd. I'm <laughs> listen to this. I'm, it's gonna I'm be a like fucking I'm nerd. A sports podcast. <laughs> no. And an anti nerd. That's I mean, that's basically true. The only podcast I really listen to is a sports podcast. But it's like a you know, it's a zany sports podcast. <laughs> Just like we're a zany post production pro- podcast. You know, where like sports is kind of like it's the backbone. <laughs> Of the podcast, but it's not really what they talk about necessarily. Like, what, yeah. what do you, you listen to? Part of my take or Levitard or one of those? Uh, uh, no, it's Levitard. It's yeah, Levitard. Levitard. Get yeah. part, part of my take shit out of here, bro. <laughs> Come on. I like Nailed part of my take. Them. I don't That's think it's hilarious. that bad. No, I listened to the sports podcasts I listen to are just super like nerdy basketball shit. It's awful. But um, I'm going to take that clip of you saying this is a zany editing podcast and put it on our like <laughs> when I go out to start selling like spots for Sizzle Reel. Hey, you should advertise with us. This is a zany podcast. Um, uh, I know I'm with Joe. I think it's it's such because it's a visual medium. It makes more sense to to consume it visually as well. And also it gets it gets real granular and like it also it ends up in Hollywood a lot like those yeah. those podcasts tend to move that way mm-hmm. and I don't care about that at all I just see don't. I care about like the economics of Hollywood I think that's really sure. interesting yeah. that's why like sometimes on this we'll talk about how all these conglomerates are buying all these other things. Yeah, what the CEO of Verizon Media makes in a yeah, year because that's interesting I like the business of it I think it's cool yeah. I would love to have fucking people on this pod who like make business decisions at production that'd be really cool that'd be so fucking sick that's really cool insight well we need to get joe nana to do some outreach man hit us your boys at therapy studios have you ever listened to uh how i built this i love that show i love that show. yeah yeah because that, that's a good i yeah. mean that's not really production related but it is sort of you know listening to them how they built up their businesses and whatnot yeah. uh that that's always pretty interesting um, the main, uh, the editor in chief of the verge, he has a podcast as well. That's like really good. It's about stuff like that. It's about what's going on in tech. And a lot of it is media related. And he talks to like 
people at like, you know, Facebook who are setting like privacy standards and stuff like that. And it's actually incredibly interesting. Yeah, as well. Facebook setting privacy standards. I love it. Well, like how they determine what their like privacy policy is. Yeah, right? yeah. He actually like hits them with like real questions. It's, it's, actually, pretty it's cool. actually pretty cool. Um, uh, all right, let's wrap it up. I got this one last one, but it's, it's more of a joke than anything. Uh, it says, why does Google Drive suck for professional editors? <laughs> and we've talked about this a million times, but if you're if you're a brand new to the pod, we I, did a thing called March Madness where we talked about what made us mad. And we had Matt King, producer, director, extraordinaire, corporate uh, video god, uh, <laughs> landlord. He got his chickens eaten by a raccoon. A lot of stuff has developed in G his life. G slash D. Yeah, G dash D. Oh. G slash D. Uh, Matt King, today... <laughs> Finally used G-D, Google-Drive, and complained like a motherfucker. He had to download 40 gigs of stuff. He's like, dude, why did this zip into 500 folders? That's all 40 gigs? We we told you. We told you that this happens, and you didn't believe any of us. We literally lose days of of work because we're waiting on Google to fucking zip you everything. You gotta do every individual clip downloaded sometimes to avoid yep. that error bullshit. Dude, look, here's what happened today. You say we lose days. We literally lost a day because yeah. the I'm link... Not, I'm not exaggerating. The link to download the B-roll was in my email in the morning around between 10 and 11 a.m. Then I was like, hey, I don't have access to it. He's like, oh, shit. Don't request access. I'll down- I have to download it. So I was like, all right. So he went to go download it, then to send it back to me on WeTransfer. I didn't start the downloads until 6.05 p.m. So it's like literally we lost the entire day. We literally had an editor come in for this project. Which she still had stuff to do. So yes. it wasn't a big deal. She yes. actually, we're still on pace to get it done. But because of our brilliant planning. Of course. Not by our, I mean me and Chris and maybe Matt King to some extent. But either way, we got it done. We're getting it done. It's fine. But... If we, if Google Drive just like changed the way that it works with video files, maybe we'd have a better time. Well, I mean, it's the same issue with Dropbox, though. Yeah, like, Dropbox the worst. Mm-hmm. Well, we're gonna be getting Media Shuttle soon, so shout out Media Shuttle. Shout out, shout um, out. Let's uh, let's wrap this thing uh, up. Oh, wait, Chris, hold on, wait. Can, I got oh, one Joe more. Nanner, you got one um, thing? Oh, sorry. sorry I just I just thought this was also interesting. I figured this was related. Chris, I, I thought you might have some input. This also comes from Ooh. the uh, videography subreddit. And I, this guy looks like he's, um, you know, he's asking a question. He wants to know, what is the best resolution and frame rate for porn videos? <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew it was a setup. <laughs> I know, I know you have experience with that. Uh, no, no. It, obviously, it's, it's 4K, right? It's got to be. It's got to be 69K. <laughs> <laughs> um, guys, thank you for listening. Guys and girls uh, and thems, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Sizzle Real Pod. Uh, Chris, where can everybody find us? Well, first and foremost, you can call us directly and leave us a message uh, at 332-333-4361. Yeah, that's actually the be- literally the best way. Like if you tweet at us, we're not going to see it for a week. If you Instagram us, we're not going to see it for Vince a week. Vince might see it. Vince might see it. But if you call us, we'll actually hear the message. You know what I mean? But we're also, so on Instagram at Sizzle Real Gang. Yes. On Twitter at Sizzle Real Gang. That's right. The uh, the the old TikTok that's about to start up again. We're gonna that's ramp right. up. We just figured out a, a new tip one, today. One little trick. One little trick. One weird little trick that'll have all these producers hating your life or the, something. Whatever. Yeah, called. the TikTok is Shishkin Productions, though. That's, that's where right. that's where we get thrown off. Yeah. Um, Joe Nana, where can the people find you, or are you trying to stay anonymous? 
Uh, I got Ben and Matt King on Instagram now, and that's all that matters. That's it. That's the important <laughs> part. The Red Lobster champion and the landlord himself. Um, Joanna, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for uh, crashing the boards with us. Thanks for having and, me. And, um, you know, you'll come back in a few months, I'm sure. Hell yeah, we'll, it's, we'll, great. it's great to have you on, man. I'll be in it's person good. next time. You will. Oh, you will. Joanna's going to come visit in July, he says. Joe, so. you're coming? You, I, you'll just have to... <laughs> wait around the office and find out oh man all right well i guess we'll be waiting around the office to find out thanks for listening everyone see you later see ya Chris, you ever heard of Smells Like? Smells Like? Yeah, Smells Like. They're a Brooklyn-based candle company, and they're taking the world by storm. Are they storming the Capitol? They're not storming the Capitol, but they may be storming your living room with their candles. All you got to do is go to SmellsLikeBK.com, type in the code SIZZLE, and you're going to get 20% off. Damn, 20%? 20% off. That's a deal. These are some fucking sick candles, too. I would even go as far as saying they're fucking lit. Fucking lit? Yeah, and that's because that was their flagship scent that they developed last year. Fucking Lit is probably my favorite scent from them, and it contains tobacco, whiskey, sandalwood, white cedar. You're going to get all of that just from Fucking Lit. That is Fucking Lit. Go get it at SmellsLikeBK.com. Use the code SIZZLE. A Shishkin Productions podcast.